Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Texas or Oklahoma, Uh, Austin or Norman? Yeah. when I was at Texas Tech with Coach Tuberville, we played in Oklahoma, in Norman, and beat them, upset them in a rain delay that lasted about four hours. I think they lost interest and just quit. And then we played in Austin, which is a beautiful town. In a, and, and I'm going to uh, San Marcos next week yes, with, with the excellent. Trojans, which is which is just outside of, yeah. uh, of Austin, Texas That's State. a great campus. It, it's, a, it's a really cool The camp. river. Yes. Oh, and, and an In-N-Out burger. Which is, oh. which, is, which is an exciting little detail for having spent some time on the West Coast. Oh, yeah. That's about as far east yeah. as, as In-N-Out Burger gets is there. Yeah. In, uh, in yeah. I think they have some in suburban Houston now, yeah. too. But, but still, but not, and I'm, uh, I'm told that of the, in a conference where not everything feels like top-tier SEC facilities-wise, stadium-wise, environment-wise, Oklahoma and Texas, when it's a game day, when it's a big game, you know they're not going to feel out of place no. joining this league next year. Uh, with I guess this year, joining right. this league later this year yeah, with right. the uh, with with their uh, with, with their respective programs. That's Don Dunn, by the way, a longtime Auburn defensive line coach, the defensive line coach of the drive, uh, joining <laughs> us. You know, help helping us uh, uh, win the battle at the line of scrimmage, there we uh, go. Which, which is uh, vitally important. You're not going anywhere, and I think there's stuff to talk about today. Wow, I mean, it's it's amazing to me. It tells you how busy the week is that Bill Belichick leaving the Patriots has been something of an afterthought on this show. When you would think that's like the, the as uh, with, with one notable exception, that's as successful a tenure as anybody was having in modern sports. Yeah. But there's a name that takes, you know, especially around here, when you say, well, well, Nick Saban's retiring and Alabama is moving quickly to replace him and there's a, uh, you know, a fascinating battle going on uh, behind the scenes, jockeying for position, or, or or maybe Bama's known from the very beginning uh, who was first and who was second and who was third on their list and and where they're going. But but there's and then there's some significant Auburn news as well with uh, with Zach Etheridge and Carnell Williams both stepping aside since mm-hmm. the last time we mm-hmm. we did the show. But this is uh this is this is about as noteworthy a week as we've had new, news wise in in quite some yeah, time. Yeah, and you know who I feel sorry for, Dan, is poor old Pete Carroll. <laughs> He retires after a great career, and he don't hear anything. Right. I mean, that, Pete Carroll is someone who, if in in most weeks in January or February, Pete Carroll's resignation or firing or whatever happened there in Seattle would absolutely be as big a story as there is uh, in 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 coaching circles. But instead, yeah. you're right between yeah. between uh, the, the the Patriots. But especially Nick Saban right. stepping aside right. after after 17 seasons, and and this is the first time. Well, you were here Wednesday, yes, as, when as the well. news first, broke. First time, first time I've gotten to talk to you since right. the Nick Saban thing right. happened. But what a, uh, I mean, I mean, it, it's it's not shocking in that once you get to, uh, you know, once you get to to 17 plus years at a place and 70 plus years of age. You know, I think there's the chance that at any time he could decide uh, that this is enough. And as we said yesterday on the show, he doesn't strike. He, he never struck us as the kind of person who would want a farewell tour. Right. Right. Like it would be out of out of character for Nick Saban to say, "All right, well, this this it's January. I will be stepping aside after this upcoming season." Because I think it would be making 
deliberately or not, it would be making the season more about him yeah. than I think he would want it to be and less about the team and the players. And uh, and so instead, no, it's it's a and, – and I think it's – and I've, I've only met him in professional settings, media days, and, and, and what have you, post-game press conferences – it's it's absolutely from what I know of him. Exactly. It's very on brand and it's very in in character for him to have been primarily worried about where the players hurt the news. Like right. he, he his his priority was he didn't want players finding out on social media or from TMZ. He wanted to be there to deliver the news to his players, which I think says a lot about his relationship with them and also sort of what he was prioritizing in this in in this decision to retire. Yeah, no doubt. That's the kind of guy you want to play for and you and work for. Uh it's a tough it's a tough decision for him. You could tell in his voice and I know he wanted to be the one to break the news to the players first. And that's probably the toughest part of him retiring, him telling those guys that he's leaving cuz you, you know, as you know, you develop such a bond with them and they're like your kids. They are your kids. And you take responsibility for them. You tell their parents that you're going to take care of them and then it's a tough situation, but well-deserved, great coach. I met him a few times, coached against him several times, and uh, I wish him the best. I, I won't be surprised if an award, uh, it, whether it's the SEC Coach of the Year award or something carries his name pretty soon. Um, yeah. you know, I, I think that that's, that's something that would be pretty fitting. There's talk, and I hadn't really thought about this until we, we got on the show yesterday. Um, I could, it, would change the, it would change the direction of the show, but – but as Corso's replacement on game day, he has a good relationship with Chris Fowler. He mm-hmm. has a good relationship with Kirk Herbstreet. I think Pat McAfee would probably be the guy who starts putting the mascot head on. I can't envision. <laughs> I don't see Nick Saban no. with with the Oregon duck with the Oregon duck head on his. You know, I don't see that necessarily happening. So, so I, you know, but 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 fitting in as an as an analyst, yeah, maybe even. Uh, you know, as a third microphone with Herb Street and Fowler in big games on Maybe. ESPN with the SEC moving there yes. this upcoming season. I think he would – I mean, it, it's hard to imagine something that would add more credibility to a broadcast if you're looking for something to see, feel like a big game than bringing out Nick Saban as an analyst as well. But And, and now we have, on top of the Nick Saban stuff, after a talk of Dan Lanning, talk of Steve Sarkeesian, both of whom – before we get into to Kalen DeBoer, and by the way, that's that's the big news in the last couple of hours. Is it certainly seems as though uh, Kalen DeBoer is is your next head coach at Alabama. Things things working quickly today. He did not make his scheduled appearance on a radio show in Seattle. Right. Uh, I believe that the, the meeting now he's, has happened at, at Washington with he's his told, team. He's yes. told he's told the team they've reacted yep. on social media, waiting for an official announcement. I think from Alabama, right. but everything else seems to be online that Washington head coach Kalen DeBoer is going to be your next head coach at. Alabama, uh, but th- there was talk of Dan Lanning and Steve Sarkeesian, and I-, I think a lot of people were not necessarily with Lanning, but certainly with Sark. They were pessimistic on why they would leave for the Alabama job, believing they have the resources now, especially in a twelve-team playoff environment, to win, uh, to-, to 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 win it all. And they would not have the pressure of having to follow someone like Nick Saban at Alabama and be the next guy. In, in when we have some prominent examples of folks who have tried to follow the legend, and and it hasn't gone swimmingly for for, right. for that coach. Right. Do you, do, were, I mean, with, with Lanning and, and Sark, were you, you know, can you see why they would want to stay put at their current situation? Yeah, I, especially at Texas, I think that's going to be one of the great jobs if it already isn't 
with them getting into the SEC. And like you said, they have the resources. They have the money, and so does Oregon. I mean, they got the Nike deal, and uh, yeah, they probably want to be the next guy, if possible. But uh, I wasn't shocked at all. I'm sure they got big raises, and uh, I don't know who their agent is. It's probably Jimmy Sexton. <laughs> I noticed he was around. Uh, seems, seems like he's, he's yeah. And it's it's amazing to think with the news that Kalen DeBoer is the guy at at, at Alabama. Washington made a change in part back in this would have been 2021 when Washington makes the change in part because there's a physical altercation between Jimmy Lake and a player mm-hmm. on the sideline. There were other things that it was trending in the wrong direction, but something that I think sped it up because I Jimmy Lake only got a couple of seasons following Chris Peterson yeah. before before they went to to Kalen DeBoer. I mean, and, and if if that you know if that played a large role in Washington making the move from Jimmy Lake. You know, Kalen DeBoer maybe doesn't get the Washington job if it doesn't open right. up in that. In a, right. And just two seasons later, I said the ascension. It reminds me a little bit of Chris Beard mm-hmm. going from a coach at a relatively obscure D two D three program in basketball. I think he was also in like a a, a, a small semi pro league. Yeah. To go from that to Texas in a decade. Yeah. Is is a remarkable ascension for mm-hmm. a coach. This is someone who was the offensive coordinator at was it Eastern Michigan? Yes, I, I mean he was, he was at Eastern Michigan as recently as 2016, mm-hmm. and is now the next head coach at the University of Alabama. I mean it it is, and they've they've targeted their guy, and uh, he is his win loss record is very impressive. I I would point out that more than half of that time was spent at the NAIA level, but even in Two years at Fresno State and two years at Washington, all he's done is win as a head coach, took his team to the national championship game this year. Uh, wh- what is your reaction, Coach, to the news that Kalen DeBoer is the, uh, is, is the next head coach at Alabama? You know, like everyone else, I heard his name early, uh, you know, Wednesday night. I know he had a great run this year. I was a little surprised, to be quite honest with you. I thought that they would just load up the truck to get – uh, Texas or Oregon's coach, um, you know, you hear Dabo Sweeney's name thrown around. You you heard Lane Kiffin, but everyone you're listing, yeah, has a connection to Alabama, exactly, or the Southeast. Are you surprised to see them go with someone who is stepping into the SEC for the first time as a coach or even as an assistant coach? Yes, uh, and it's going to be different now. I'm telling you. Uh, you know, he's from South Dakota, I believe, which is great, but he has not lived or coached in the South, and I'm just going to tell it like it is. It is different. And that doesn't mean he can't get it done or he won't get it done. I wish him all the best except one game a year. And uh, But, yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, to be quite honest with he you. He must have made a heck of an impression right, on, right. on the decision Now, I do have a very good friend, uh, Jamarcus uh, uh, Shepard, who's their receiver coach, who – was the receiver coach of the year. He's on that staff. I worked with him at Western and Purdue. Great coach, great young man, and I'm happy for him if he gets to come, and surely he will. And, and I watched a couple of the, when he was at Fresno as the offensive coordinator before getting the the, the job as head coach. Uh, he spent two years for Jeff Tedford, right. who's a coach that I, I like Jeff Tedford yes. a lot. And yes. think that he's one of the smarter guys right. out there coaching offense. Yes. And, as a combination, they were virtually unbeatable mm-hmm. at the group of five level, and that's a hard job, Fresno. It, it mean, is, and in, in a league where in a league where there's there's weird travel right, and some right. and some odd road environments, and, and not a lot of money, and uh, you know, 
but yeah, it used to be a great job when Jim Sweeney was there a hundred years ago. And the and the fellow with the mustache, yes. even had them. Uh, Pat Pat uh, Pat Rice Pat uh, yeah, Hill. Pat Hill. Yeah, Pat Hill had them doing doing old really well. Tough old line oh, guy. Oh man, yeah. One, one, he one was of, a character. One of my one of my favorites yeah. no, for for sure. But the uh, the so so when I'm thinking about prominent examples of an SEC power program going off the board. And picking someone who's largely a stranger to the Southeast and the SEC, you got three examples that come to mind. You were around for all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Saban coming to LSU right. from from Michigan State, right? And people thinking, well, this is a highly thought of guy with some pro experience. He he recruited the Southeast at Michigan State. He brought in some receivers that I think you guys were after as right. well. You know, right. go, to, go to Michigan yes. State yes. instead. But uh, but coming coming, what what were your uh, I mean, I guess I could keep the list going, but what do you remember of Nick Saban coming to LSU? When, yeah, when he... it was kind of an unknown for me. Uh, you know, you'd heard of him, but I thought it was an unusual hire. And I, and I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think any of the assistants came with him. Do you remember that I, story? I think, he, I think he assembled that a totally he, new staff. Yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, but uh, – you know, the rest you is prob- history. You probably wanted some familiarity with, with, the, right. with the region. Right, um, And I think that's when he hired, like, Jimbo and uh, Muschamp and those guys. Yeah. And maybe even Kirby Smart, I believe, was like a graduate. I- I'm not sure, but I know he, he had a good staff. He kept uh, the old uh, Pete Jenkins, which was, a you know, a, one of the best D-line coaches in the country, and an the, LSU the, guy. The running backs coach. I yes. Can't, I can't think of it. He was Auburn special teams coach a couple of years ago, and he was uh, he was the head coach at Memphis for, for a little while uh, as, as well, and he was, he was on Auburn staff. But he was there He was there as well. He was, he's, right. He's, he's a good guy. I'm, yes. I'm blanking on his name. But, Me okay, too. So, so, that's, so Saban, I think Urban Meyer coming from Utah to Florida right. comes to mind. Now, Urban Meyer right. wasn't following the guy. He was the guy following – you know, he, he was following Ron Zook, who right. followed the guy. Right. Uh, but Urban Meyer, and, and there was a ton of, I'd say of the three, probably the one that, that this is the closest to, because Urban Meyer had just taken Utah to, to, the, to the New Year's game right. uh, and finished undefeated. Alex Smith was going to be the first overall pick. Uh, a couple teams finished undefeated mm-hmm. in, in that in that 2004 season. Yeah, uh, but the, uh, uh, the the but Urban Meyer coming to Florida, mm-hmm. I think there were the, a lot of the same questions people are asking about DeBoer at Alabama. Right, I think are questions people asked of will the system translate? Will his will will the fact that he's a stranger to the region uh, get to him? Uh, do you see similarities between? Uh, you know, th- thinking about when Florida went out and got Urban Meyer from Utah and what Alabama's doing here with Kalen DeBoer? Yeah, uh, maybe a little different because Urban was kind of not in the South, but he was, in, you know, I think Ohio, maybe Notre Dame. He'd been to both Ohio State right. and Notre Dame. Yes. So he was a little more familiar from just coming from the far, far West Coast, about as far away as you can get. Yeah, you and, know, and that's what came to mind about Harson, like who, who I guess would be the third example mm-hmm. on this list. Like Harson had. And Harson had been at Texas for, mm-hmm. for a couple of seasons. But I thought one of the things that, that in hindsight, you wondered about with it – was, it was easy to wonder about with Harson was right. lack of familiarity going up against recruiting superpowers. Like how often did he find himself at, at places like Boise State and, and even at Texas where he was uh, – as offense coordinator, I wonder how much uh, recruiting he was, he was doing. Right. How often did he find himself up against – Georgia or Alabama or LSU or Florida for recruits, and what did he do in, in those? Because because that's something feels like that's something you really need if, yes. if you're going to be, and that's something with DeBoer. Washington has been 
and they've assembled a roster good enough to go to the national championship game right. this year. Washington is his first experience at a place. Uh, he was at Indiana for a season, mm-hmm. uh, but Washington would be his first experience going up against the best of the best in college football, both on the field and on the recruiting trail. Right, and I think, like you mentioned earlier, it's going to be so important who he hires. He's going to have to get some guys from the South. I, and, I, you know, I say that people may not agree, but I would be shocked if he didn't try to keep T-Rob, not knowing anything about it. You know, you can't keep them all. You don't want to keep all of them. I know it's a hard deal for the assistants, but you got to have your own people. But it's going to be very interesting. But I think he's smart enough to realize that, you know, what it's going to take to go up against the Auburns, the Floridas, the Georgias, the Texas now, and all those guys. Yeah, so, who, who wants to stay for right. Alabama, you know, yeah. of, the, of that staff? Who wants to stick right. around and, play and coach for him? Right. What, what other options are available? Mm-hmm. NFL staffs mm-hmm. are, are, are being assembled. Right. I keep saying, and, and again, I don't know if he has any interest in returning to an on-field role, um, Charlie Strong sitting there as an analyst for for Alabama. Yes, and I'd be I'd be I'd certainly kick the tires on that one if I were uh, Kalen DeBoer looking to assemble a staff of people who, who know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, in the area, and, and he's also got to consider who from Washington right. might, might be coming over, and who from Washington might be considered for, for the head job for, there for the now vacant yeah. job yeah. at Washington. That's Coach Don Dunn uh, hanging out with us for a couple of hours here on the Friday edition of the Drive. I think we're going to try uh, Coach Sonny Smith at 4.30. Uh, t- talk with him as we usually do. Auburn basketball hosting LSU tomorrow. Tigers 3-0 and in conference play and uh, in a league uh, where every week there's a dangerous game or two on the schedule, Auburn has navigated three pretty dangerous games, or two pretty dangerous. Auburn's 2-0 and in conference play, right? They're 2-0. Look, looking, yeah, to start, looking, to start, right. looking to start 3-0 and in conference play mm-hmm. against LSU. Auburn has navigated two SEC games uh, with uh, with with uh, a and A and M was challenging, but I think Auburn for the most part has passed every test so far. We'll talk to Sonny about that. Uh, we'll take your calls three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to dial if you want to jump in. We're taking your calls uh, all show long. Stick around. More drive coming up when we return. It's time to stop dealing with unreliable network copiers and au.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at espnau.com. Welcome back. The Friday edition of The Drive, Dan Peck in the studio with Coach Don Dunn. Drew at the controls. We're going to talk with Coach Sonny Smith in uh, the next segment, uh, talking about Auburn's hot start in SEC play. Tigers are uh, undefeated over the last month or so. They've also uh, they've got a chance with a win tomorrow. Uh, they've got a chance to make a huge jump in the polls because as we were talking about yesterday yeah. with Justin Ferguson, a lot of the top 15, a lot of the teams ahead of Auburn uh, in the polls have taken at least one loss Already this week, so we're uh, and, and could could lose another game this weekend. Uh, so there could be room for Auburn to make a serious move uh, in the polls. Uh, number one and number two lost on Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Same night Auburn beat uh, Texas A and M at Neville Arena. So we'll talk with Sonny Smith about that and uh, and, and a whole lot more. We we mentioned it early in the show. 
uh, the uh, some news on the Auburn coaching front as well. A couple of guys that, that you know uh, very well, uh, Coach Dunn. You, mm-hmm. you've, uh, you, uh, Cadillac Williams, right. uh, all former Auburn running back, uh, Auburn uh, for, former Auburn interim head coach uh, after Brian Harson uh, was let go. Uh, he's been Auburn running backs coach for, for the last five seasons, announcing on social media he is stepping away uh, from that position. And uh, no, no word yet on Cadillac's immediate uh, immediate future, or, or what he's uh, what he's going to be doing uh, next, but uh, but thanking the Auburn folks and uh, and and uh, reminding everyone he's still uh, very much a, a part of the Auburn family. Yeah, uh, kind of shocking to see that, and uh, but that's that's this profession. Hopefully, he has something in the works. I've heard some rumors, maybe even a, a possible uh, pro job, which would be great. But he'll he'll land on his feet. He's a great kid, a great ambassador for Auburn, and a heck of a young man. Cadillac would be somebody who I think would it would it would be it would make the it would make sense at his age and with his level of experience so far to make the jump to an NFL uh, running backs job if that's if if that's what uh, he wants to do and what what uh, an NFL team wants. There's a lot of staffs that are going to be. We have one job, uh, a guy that that you might remember. Uh, from uh, fr- from his days at, at Tennessee, uh, Gerard Mayo, yes, uh, get, getting the job in New England uh, yeah. early, early this morning. Yes. A, a quick move, n- not a not a prolonged search. Apparently, he had language in his contract uh, that uh, that he was going to be Bill Belichick's successor, or there was going to be an amount paid out to him uh, if if they hired somebody else. And so, New England, uh, you know, had had this uh, in mind for for quite some time. But uh, but former Tennessee linebacker uh, Gerard Mayo is, uh, yes. is is the new head coach. And, uh, in, in New England, but a lot of other NFL jobs right. remain, remain open. More could open up after this, this weekend. Th- after this yeah. weekend, I mean, there's yeah. there's, there's uh, uh, six playoff games this weekend. I think there's one or two coaches at least who are in must-win situations that they can find themselves out of jobs on Monday. I would never uh, Jerry Jones uh, is is always especially especially with some of the names that have opened up in the last week or so. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that. A, every Cowboys playoff game is a must-win game for their head coach. Right. This one, especially, a must-win game uh, for, for for Coach McCarthy. I think with some of the guys, because because you can imagine Bill Belichick, right? I mean, you can imagine Jerry Jones saying, "All right, well, I've I've only got I've only got however much longer to to win to win another championship." Right. Bill Belichick is now a free agent. Uh, who knows? Uh, so, so, anyways, that started as a talk about Cadillac Williams uh-huh. moving on from Auburn. Zach Etheridge is the mm-hmm. other name in, in mm-hmm. the last, uh, and there and there have been rumors swirling uh, for the last couple of days and weeks about Zach Etheridge. He is going uh, to Houston to Houston uh, to, yes. to, the, to be on the defensive coordinator uh, to be on the defensive staff uh, for, uh, for for Houston. Good for him. And a, yeah, a move into another conference. Uh, for Zach, uh, someone who was a serious contender for the ULM head coaching job, mm-hmm. um, I think a Group of Five team, especially if Zach uh, continues to show his prowess as a recruiter in different regions, I think a Group of Five team could find Zach Etheridge uh, a very interesting head coaching candidate uh, pretty soon. Uh, and there's uh, and there's the chance that he gets a defensive coordinator job uh, somewhere uh, as well. I, th- I think the ascension uh, is uh, the the chance to continue uh, uh, ascending uh, the ranks is right. there for uh, for Zach Etheridge. Uh, it's too bad uh, that it didn't work out at Auburn uh, m- moving forward for either of those guys. Uh, but uh, uh, that that seems to be more and more part of the profession, right, right Coach? Yeah, uh, and it's not always bad. Uh, sometimes you can stay one place too long. Not that they have been here that long, but for their for their career, for their future, it's not a bad thing to move and to keep growing in the profession. 
And, and it seems like Hugh Freeze might be looking at pl- uh, people that he's worked with in the past or he's more familiar with right. to, to, uh, to and, jump you know, into those some, roles. You're exactly right. Sometimes when you take a job late like Coach Freeze did, you're not forced to, but you're recommended to keep some of the guys on the staff. It would have been so hard to part with Cadillac. Oh, Williams my goodness. There'd have been a, last they'd, have, they'd have tore up Toomer's corner. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Torch, you're, you're torches and pitchforks, <laughs> yeah. right? Torches yeah. and pitchforks. No kidding. Let's, let's get to Spectre because we're gonna we're gonna try to get to Sonny Smith in uh, in, in the next segment. What's up, Spectre? Well, uh, hello guys. I was just making my rounds today. <laughs> let, me, let me get your opinion on this. How would you like to see Cadillac a head coach at maybe Jack State, Stanford, or ASU? You know, I, I kind of think he'd want to stay at the D one level uh, with with his with his head coaching job. Uh, I actually thought. And they're doing a pretty good job. I thought he could have been a candidate at South Florida last year with uh, with the with his experience in the in the Florida area as the a coach uh, down at the IMG Academy. He would, he played for Tampa Bay uh, as an NFL player. Uh, like I thought that would have been a place that apparently they also looked at Dion. Like that that would have been a spot where between like that that's something of a sleeping giant if they can get players in the immediate area uh, to buy in. But no, I think a Group of Five job. Uh, and again, we were just talking about how Zach Etheridge was a real candidate for ULM uh, in the Sun Belt. Uh, I think both Cadillac and Zach uh, could could very well be uh, head coaching candidates at the at the Group of Five level uh, soon if if that's the route they want to if that's the route they want to go. Uh, that, that might be that's a good idea. You know, Group of Five, yeah. But I just want uh, wanted to have a good start. I, you know, he didn't really have a chance as head coach at Auburn. I mean, it's like, remember Bill Oliver? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Or not. Bill Oliver took over for, for uh, Bowden. Bowden. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then he, he was expected to get the head coaching job, but didn't get it. And, uh, and we know what happened to him later. But uh, anyway, I'd like to see Cadillac, you know, get out there and excel in uh, whatever level it might be at. I mean, Dion started in, uh, where did Jack State? Yeah, Dion, Dion's head coaching experience was down at the Jack State level, which is a, 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 a yeah. D one AA FCS, mm-hmm. uh, which is yeah, uh, yeah, and, and he was, and, and I think because he did, I don't know if Dion wanted to be a position coach at the Group of Five or Power Five level, and and take that step, and so he had to sort of take a lower level head coaching. Job. I'm sure he would have wanted to start with Florida State, you know, if that if that had been an option, but. But because uh, you know he didn't have uh, on, on boots on the ground head coaching experience, uh, his his first role yeah. was at the uh, was it was at the FCS level. All right, I just wanted to get y'all's opinion on that. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. If I, were, I tell you what, if I were a Group of Five team hiring in in, in the in the Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi area anytime soon, I'd certainly look at both Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams as uh, yeah. as as candidates. If not if not for head coach, then for a very prominent role on, on the staff. And like we also talked, uh, it's maybe a good thing that they do go somewhere else, get more experience, more exposure, and then they can come back maybe one day to an Auburn down the road. You never know. Absolutely. Appreciate the phone call, Spectre. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to try to get in touch with Auburn, a former Auburn basketball head coach, the legendary uh, Sonny Smith, going to join us when we come back. Stick around. You are listening to The Drive. 
on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. The Friday edition of The Drive, a stormy Friday here in Auburn. Hopefully everybody is being safe. There was some serious rain uh, that, uh, that got on the three of us as we were walking into uh, the radio station at different times before the show. But uh, hopefully hopefully everybody's doing well. Bill Cameron is on vacation. He will be back uh, after next week. He's taking a cruise, uh, headed, down to, uh, headed down to the port uh, right now in, uh, in in Florida with the misses. I'm sure he's listening on the stream at ESPNAU.com. Uh, so hello uh, to, uh, to, to to the Camerons as they enjoy a well-deserved vacation, a retirement vacation for the for, for the two of them. Uh, uh, Bill's not retiring from the show. Want to want to make sure everybody understands that. A uh, lot lot of retirements uh, this week. It's been a it's been a busy week for that uh, here <laughs> in the in, in the world of sports. Auburn uh, has retired their first two SEC opponents with. Uh, different uh, levels of difficulty. Just running Arkansas out of Bud Walton Arena, a shocking performance on Saturday. Arkansas struggling now, lost to Georgia as well, but still, I mean, Auburn had uh, that is not a place that any SEC team traditionally does well, especially Auburn. You know that that had been a place where they struggle, but they they uh, they handle Arkansas and then come home and uh, while Texas A and M makes it a competitive game and and A and M was leading uh, in in the uh, in, in the final nine minutes or so, uh, but Auburn able to do enough to hold off the Aggies and improve the two and zero in conference play, one of the hottest teams in all of college basketball, and we welcome in uh, Auburn uh, legendary. Uh, former Auburn men's basketball coach and radio analyst uh, Sonny Smith, uh, who, who joins the show on Fridays. Uh, how you doing, Coach? I'm great. Hope you guys are. Yeah, ho- hope you're staying dry. You're, you're here with uh, with Coach Don Dunn uh, in, in the studio with us. How you doing, Coach? Doing well, thank you very much. I bet it's a little windy and cold up on Roan Mountain today, Coach. <laughs> uh, it's windy and cold up there 365 yeah, a year. I know it. <laughs> Coach, a, a pair of a you don't pair have to of, go outside to see the snow. You, it comes right up to your window. Right, right through the floor <laughs> and the cracks in the wall. Right. Yeah. Oh, we did have those cracks. When yes, I was sir. Up there. Yes, sir. You can see the dogs under the house, <laughs> and we had a lot of dogs because we'd feed them through the cracks. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Coach, it's uh, I'm I'm so happy I'm, I'm so happy I'm here for this. All right, Coach, it's. Uh, uh, it's it. Th- this is one of the one of the best months uh, Auburn men's basketball has had. Even even with the success uh, of, of of Coach Pearl in these last few years, I mean, th- th- this is this this is one of the best months he's had as Auburn coach. Oh, and yeah. and the last and the last couple of games uh, against against Arkansas and A and M. What a start to conference play uh, for this team. You know the thing about this team, you try to say you try to analyze it because you coach for so many years. And what you end up finding is there's you don't find a weakness in that club, and and uh, there's got to be some there. But you think about it when you say I'm going to analyze and see what we, what we need to get better at, and Bruce Pearl does that extremely well. But I look at the team, and if they had a big postman, you know, there's a big tall post up type guy, this would be one of the better teams in the country. And it is without that. So it gives you 
you an idea how good that they can be. There's a, the thing about it, everybody talks about what's good. There is not a weakness in that ball club that I can see. You know, uh, if a guy, let's, let's say, for instance, if you have a guy that takes bad shots, that somebody else will pick it up and, and, and make him look a lot better. You know, and it's uh, it's very difficult to find something to criticize. There they are... defend extremely well. They rebound extremely well. They run well. And they ha- the thing that we probably don't talk about enough is they take care of the basketball. They don't throw it away, even though they are an up-tempo team. The number that has surprised me the most in looking at where this team has improved from last year's team uh, is the way that they've jumped into the top I think they're in the top 75 in defensive rebounds per game. They were outside the top 325 in D1 basketball mm-hmm. last season. It's largely with the same front yeah. court pieces there. I mean, you bring back Janai yeah. and Jalen and Dylan, uh, but this team is, it's not just about forcing teams into one bad low percentage shot. It's about then getting no. the defensive rebound and ending the possession. And they're doing that as well as, Maybe any team Coach Pearl has had, including teams that won the SEC. Well, you bring up a really good point. Auburn rebounds with five guys, and that's the best way to rebound. I pushed as a coach myself forever. Rebound with five, and that makes sure that they don't come up with long rebounds. You can run better with long rebounds. and I think it's also improved our, run, our running game to be the rebounding team that we are. Even our, we have small guards. I mean, you know, it's not a big issue with anybody, but our guards are small. But you think about it, they block out and they go get the ball and they run with it, you know, on the dribble. And this is a, it's hard to find a weakness in this ball club and that they take care of each other's weaknesses, which is the thing that I try to impress on people when they ask me. It's like KD. Everybody say, boy, if, if it just stop him from doing this, but you think about it, the rest of the team picks up for the things that he does wrong, and he picks up when they're not doing well. You know, with the things that he's he's a crowd pleaser and he gets the team back in a game. It's a, it's a hard team to find a lot of gaps to it. Talking with Sonny Smith, the uh, head coach, uh, or the uh, the longtime head coach of Auburn men's basketball here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Coach, and, and we, we talk with Dylan Cardwell on Thursdays as, as part of our, our, our Tiger Take segment, and he mentioned that, that it takes a certain kind of player to want to be on this team, especially in an era of college basketball where guys can move on and there's ample playing time available at a lot of different spots around college basketball, to have a bunch of guys that are really willing to, to buy into not just defending the way Bruce Pearl wants them to, but also playing 15 to 25 minutes a game at full throttle instead of 30 to 35 at a more measured pace somewhere else. Yeah. I, think, I think that says something about the team he's assembled. Well, think about it. He sold them on the amount of minutes that they're going to play. And uh, out of that number of minutes he's going to he gets the very best out of it at very rarely. I, I saw it a little bit in the last game where a guy held his hand up and wanted to come out of the game because of the, the pace and speed of the game. Very rarely see that. And the reason you don't see that is because he takes such good care of the depth on the, on the guy. You're not gonna, you can run hard as you want to, but you're going to get rested when you need it. 
And, and a couple of the new additions, you know, I love your thoughts on sort of what they've brought so far. I, Chad Baker Mazar is a lot of fun, isn't he? I was, a, I was rooting for him because he's a Northwest Florida State guy, uh, just, just like yeah. me, the, uh, the Niceville High School, the Niceville Junior College that's had a bunch of different names. Uh, but, but he is, uh, he, he, uh, Tay Waller also went to, uh, uh, to, to Northwest Florida State back, back when it was Oklahoma yeah. Walton College. Uh, I, I really like what Chad Baker Mazara has, has brought to this team, Coach. If you didn't know who he was, where he'd been, and, and watched him out there, and when he was watching him play, you would find that he's probably the most athletic guy on the team. He can fly. He can really jump high. Takes care of the basketball, too. Uh, he don't mind diving on the floor after a ball. Uh, I think he, he's been a great find and, and, and has made this team a lot better. And he defends now. He really gets after his guy. When you find a guy, you know, I used to recruit a lot of junior college players, or you, or you could say transfers. And the biggest problem you would had with that one would be defense, playing defense. Well, here's a guy, suppose he's been three places, three different places, and he plays hard. He plays really hard, and that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's the credit to the type of players he plays with and also Coach Burrow's coaching. We had a question about Chad Baker Mazar going going into the Arkansas game. There were folks wondering, not just with Chad, but with all the guys that were getting their first taste of SEC in conference basketball. Uh, Denver, Aiden, Cheney, uh, and Chad. Uh, you know these guys. You know, were, were, any, yeah. of them, were any of them going to be overwhelmed by the moment in Bud Walton? And, and I think about with Chad Baker Mazara, he's been to the NCAA tournament pretty deep into the NCAA tournament with San Diego yes. State. He played for the national championship at the junior college level. And coach, as someone who recruited junior college, like you get into the postseason and you get into championship level games, and you see you see how competitive junior college basketball uh, can be. And Chad Baker Mazara was the leading scorer. In the national championship game this past year, and and he he didn't look overwhelmed at all, uh, by the uh, by the moment uh, when Auburn took the court Saturday against uh, against Arkansas. Yeah, and junior college players have always been really good to go. But and one thing it kind of put, put cast it a little bit aside was the fact that these prep schools that they would send them to the uh, uh, high class schools where they send the top prospects and ones down in Florida, you know, and and all around. But uh, you're finding that there is tremendous players at the junior college level that you can bring on. And you think uh, one thing that I've noticed is people are transferring to junior college after one year and finishing up there, and I think we've got a couple that have done that. Oh, sure. I mean, there, there are more players. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would imagine b- because of the way rosters are turning over, there are more players who started at the D1 level jumping into junior college than ever before and then looking for a new school when their time in junior college is finished. I mean, we heard with Chad Baker Mazzara, we heard uh, uh, Kentucky and Texas A&M were were interested in him as well as Auburn, which are very high-level schools to be uh, approaching a a junior college forward kind of late in the game, and it tells you how things have changed. The other thing that impresses me about Chad is I was courtside for the Penn game, and... Deep into this game, I, I turned to the, the person next to me. I said, "You know, he's he's not sweating, right? Like, you know, you're talking about his you talking about his cardio and his conditioning. It's like he's, I mean, he's out there playing. He's yeah. doing he's doing everything you said he was doing, Coach. But, yeah. but he but he seemed to be doing it, you know, with with the uh, you know, with the difficulty that some folks would have a brisk walk. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. that's that's what it was. That's how it was, it was challenging him. I think I know that you guys have noticed this." 
these guys have a number of minutes that they're going to play, and they already know it. And and they know how to. They don't have to pace themselves to finish up. They can. They play as hard because they know where they're coming out. And I've only seen one guy hold up his hand to come out of a game in the last two or three years. Well, in the last year at least. And they they know the amount that they're going to play. So you're going to get the very best out of him, and, and he's going to take them out at exactly the right time. And you you check the minutes out on when the stats come out. A guy knows the number of minutes he's going to play his game, and you know how many how many guys are going to play major minutes too. They're going to be about seven or eight of those, sometimes eight, sometimes less, more than that, but not very often. Coach, uh, Buzz Williams was very complimentary of the environment at Auburn, said it's something that, that all college basketball programs should be uh, striving for uh, now. You know, it's sort of the standard, one of the, one of the gold standards as far as an atmosphere and an environment for, for college basketball. What can you say about uh, the, the uh, well, Coach, Coach Buzz Williams in general and, and what he saw and what you saw uh, Tuesday night when, when Texas A&M came to Auburn? Funny thing about this, Buzz Williams coached at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had an arena that was very similar to what Auburn is. The floor comes straight down. It's almost right on top of the floor, all the way around. And it's a tremendous home court advantage. He saw that when he was at Virginia Tech. And he saw it again when he came to Auburn. And you run around the league, and I'm trying to think if I've seen others that uh, are like that. And I really, I, I really don't. I thought Florida was going to be that way at one time, but it didn't turn out that way. Coach, uh, LSU, the opponent on Saturday, uh, what, do you, what do you know about uh, Coach McMahon's team in year two? I, I, watched, them, I, I watched them have uh, little trouble with uh, Texas A&M uh, in, in that game at College Station last weekend. I know they're 2-0 after uh, holding off Vanderbilt. Would be a, it would be a surprise 3-0 team, especially with a win at Auburn, but uh, I, w- I wouldn't count it out. They got to, their, their athletes are really good. Their size is really good. I think their coach has, has defined the roles for each one of his guys, and I think he's getting a lot out of them now, more so than anybody thought that they would. But he's got good athletes on that team. And uh, they on the nights that they're really shooting the ball, they're, they're dangerous out. And, uh, I, and I don't know how good they are on the road. I was looking at their stats. They've won on the road, but it, it was lower scores. I, I just wonder how good a road team they are. But I know one thing: they got athletes, and they're well. Co- excuse me, they're well coached. Going to be a fun one Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening at uh, at, at Neville Arena when LSU uh, comes to town. Uh, a coach, thank you. Know what? We're, we're up against it. I, I still want to ask. Uh, my UCLA Bruins lost ninety to forty four last night, Coach, to uh, to, to Utah. Mick, Mick Cronin has he took some chances in recruiting this off season. It's not working. I don't know if they're going to be bad enough to put him on the hot seat this season because I think he's a pretty good coach. I'm worried that the recruiting message isn't landing because why on earth is a city in Los Angeles starting three guys from Europe? In you know, like a school from law, yeah. like what what what's going on there? Like I'm 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 nervous, coach, about what what's happening there with well, the Bruins. You know, I coached in Los Angeles for a year. UCLA controlled the area around. The, they controlled LA for sure, and uh, I don't think that has changed a lot. USC is has some kind of hold in there. But if you're a good player, the, the, the better players go to UCLA. And, and 
and they usually get a lot out of those kids. But now I don't know if it's exactly the way it was when I was there. But they, if there's a great player in the L.A. area, they were they were in it on number one. Yeah, well, the final four from a couple of years ago feels a million miles away. Watching watching the team yeah. this year, so we'll we'll see what happens. Coach, thank thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Have a have a great broadcast tomorrow. Be well. No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on, fellas. Let's see you. The legendary Sonny Smith joining us. We got to take a break. We'll be back to wrap things up for the first hour. This is the drive. For air that's cushion. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Hour number two of the... Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Drew at the controls. Coach Don Dunn hanging out with us on a rainy Friday afternoon, a stormy Friday in Auburn. Bad weather all over the uh, the southeast, all over the continental United States right now. So be safe uh, regardless of whatever you're going through. Thankfully, no snow or ice here in Auburn. And it doesn't sound like maybe next week uh, we, we, could have some, we could have some pretty cold weather. I know there's a... There's a low in the teens in Auburn midday next week. I think Wednesday, uh, Wednesday morning is supposed to be mm-hmm. very cold. I'm supposed to fly out of Montgomery Wednesday morning. Wow. So ho- hopefully that's hopefully it's just cold weather and not uh, ice or right. rain or something right. like that. I think dry cold weather is manageable for most airports. But when you get into the uh, the slicker stuff, that becomes an issue. But uh, that, that's uh, yeah, that's that's next week. So so be be aware and be alert as it could get pretty chilly uh, here in Auburn. But yeah, just just rainy uh, today, and so uh, yeah, be, ho- hopefully you're doing well. First full weekend with the students back and a home basketball game tomorrow. So I'm thinking could be a busy uh, couple of evenings uh, here in the uh, in the Auburn Opelika area. Coach. Yeah, it's definitely picked up. I can tell. Uh, usually I drive right through town. But now it's not as easy. <laughs> Holiday weekend as well. We're not doing a show on Monday, Drew. I got that one from uh, got that one from Jacob. No, uh, no drive on uh, on on Monday in, in observance of the Dr. Martin Luther King holiday. So, uh, so 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 be well uh, this weekend and uh, and and you know whatever whatever you choose to uh, to, to do with the uh, with, with the time you've got. And we've got uh, we got a couple calls hanging on. A lot of news. Uh, Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams both stepping aside uh, at Auburn. Uh, Etheridge taking the job uh, at the University of Houston, joining the Big 12. Uh, we will see what uh, what Auburn does. Charles Kelly sort of slots in. I think Charles uh, Kelly and McGriff Seem like your, uh, your your secondary coaches in some capacity. Mm-hmm. I think there's still a hire to be made uh, at linebacker. Uh, we're linebackers coach. I know, I know uh, Aldridge and Garrett are also there on the staff, but there's an opening uh, with, with the with, with the, uh, the the departure of uh, of of uh, Zach Etheridge now to, uh, to to make a change uh, so, somewhere on the on the defensive staff, and then on the and with Ron Roberts also leaving. Rob Roberts was a I think either inside or outside linebackers right. coach in addition to his duties as defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Cadillac Williams. There's a lot of talk about uh, uh, Tyrone Nix is is the uh, you know the, the longtime Ole Miss. A wide receivers coach and running backs coach. 
he might have he might have flashed across your radar as a recruit. Yes, for uh, sure. Uh, back uh, in the day, yeah, yes. I mean, because because uh, or, or wait, no, no, it's um, it's it's Derek Nix. Tyrone 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 was the older Ty- brother. Tyrone's the older right, brother. Right, Derek Nix is right. the longtime Ole Miss yeah. uh, running backs coach. And, Both guys I've and, known and, and, and uh, yeah. Coach, yeah, yes, for sure. And someone who worked with old, uh, someone who worked with Coach Freeze, yes. uh, as as a running backs coach and and regarded as a, as a heck of a recruiter. Very good. Uh, and, and someone who has a longstanding relationship with Coach Freeze. I think he would be a logical fit. Rumors right. are that he could be Auburn's top target freeze calling plays but he could be your uh he could be your offensive coordinator and running backs coach uh, replacing Cadillac mm-hmm. maybe Kent Austin slides in as quarterbacks coach already there in the staff as as an analyst uh Kent Austin a guy that that also you know somebody you've you've known about right. for, for, right. for quite long some time, time. Long as time. Uh, as well so I think yeah it seems like the staff is coming together uh for uh for, for Auburn so and 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 uh, and, and then there's also the Kalen DeBoer news. Right. <laughs> there's also your your you know, new head coach at the University of Alabama. <laughs> oh, by the way. Wa- yeah, Washington's yeah. Uh, Kalen DeBoer getting the uh, get, getting the job earlier today, according to reports. Let's get to the phones. Uh, we lost uh, somebody there on the line, but Terry's uh, t- Terry's hanging on. What's up, Terry? Hey, Dan, Coach Dan. How y'all doing? Do- doing all right. How you doing? Doing good, doing Terry. Good, Dan. Uh, Dan, do you have to know when pitchers and catchers report? I want to say it's next month. Usually it's uh, usually it's like Valentine's Day week. That's kind of what is, I was thinking too. I got asked the, that question and I said I don't know, but I know somebody who would. So <laughs> thanks for letting me. I'm know trying that. to. Uh, I'm, I may. So, so my, uh, my my mom lives out in Phoenix. She was in the Chandler. She lives. She lives in the Chandler area. I was. Uh, I was there for. I was actually pretty close to Chandler High School. Uh, and uh, I was there for. Uh, I was there for a couple of days during the holidays. Cubs uh, spring training is not too far away uh, for, from there in, uh, in in Chandler. And I think that's actually in in Mesa. Uh, but Phoenix also another city with an In and Out Burger. So uh, coach, so, so Dunn, were you, another, uh, I know you're a football coach, but you're a fan of other sports like football, baseball, golfing. Uh, terrible golfer. I love to watch the Masters and the, uh, the, the last couple of uh, holes on Sunday afternoon. I like at all the tournaments. Uh, grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, so I'm a big Reds fan. That was our team, uh, the Reds, Cincinnati Reds. I was lucky enough, you know, to see the big red machine. Growing up, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Joe Morgan. What about uh, uh, combat sports? Boxing, pro wrestling, uh, boxing. Like that? Muhammad Ali's yeah, from sure. Louisville. Uh, I d- don't like to participate in those, but I do uh-huh. like them. And uh, a big horse race fan. Been to the Derby many, many Love times. It. That's what I was just going to ask. Being from Louisville, I was just going to just going to ask that. Um, with with the, the news at Alabama, the new coach is he, is he goes on the staff members. He's going to bring the guys with him, or is he going to hire guys, or what? You know, I think it's wide open right now as far as what he I, – I, unless there have been reports recently as far as what he's doing coordinator-wise, I think there's there's a chance that either of Washington's coordinators could be a contender to get the head coaching job at Washington. There's the question of what Alabama staffers could be retained uh, from Nick Saban to uh, Kalen DeBoer. Uh, you know, I, I think there's uh, – uh, that, that is that is a good question, Terry, and probably the next question uh, after, uh, after it becomes official uh, when Alabama makes this move. I never understood the Lane Kiffin talk. I know he's a great coach, but I always said the first time Lane Kiffin went for it for fourth down on his 41-yard line and missed and lost the game, the Alabama fans would absolutely barbecue it. <laughs> the, I think, I think the, belief, the belief with Lane Kiffin, to me at least, would be like that, that while, while you're absolutely right, I don't disagree that some of Lane Kiffin's more unconventional things would probably rub, a, uh, would rub the, the, the powers that be at a superpower the wrong way. Uh, at the same time, you look at what Lane Kiffin's done at Ole Miss, and you think, given the resources of a Texas A&M or an, uh, an Alabama or a Florida, would Lane Kiffin win and produce, you know, be able to combine what he's doing with 
with a, you know, if, if he can limit the talent advantage that his opponents have at a place like that versus Ole Miss, could he be even more successful than he's already been? I think that was the argument for Lane Kiffin, even if personality fit was a question at places like, uh, like, like Bama and, uh, and, and Texas. Now give it, give it a year at Florida and see if Lane Kiffin becomes an increasingly attractive candidate to be right. the next head coach at the University of Florida. I, I don't know, but, but no, I, th- I think that's a good point, Terry, that, that maybe some of that would rub people the wrong way. And, and last thing, is I still believe that eventually he's going to give the NFL a shot. I do. Lane Kiffin? I just believe that's somewhere down the line. I thought it was closer than it is now, but we'll see. You're talking about you Lane, have a great you know, Terry, you're talking about Lane Kiffin? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah, sir. yeah. yeah. I, I, you know, I thought Lane Kiffin, with the way football is going right now, uh, in the NFL and the, and the inc- increased emphasis on getting the most out of your quarterback, you know, that seems to be you know the the, the thing more than anything else that, that coaches are expected to to, to provide. I mean, that was the, that was the logic a couple years ago behind um, uh, Cliff Kingsbury getting the job at, at Arizona, Arizona when, when right. he'd, been, he'd been let go by his alma mater for Texas for, Tech. You know, yes. So so I think uh, I think Lane Kiffin would be. And there are a couple college football head coaches. We're gonna we're gonna see Harbaugh. It sounds like within days take an NFL job. Um, I think between Lane Kiffin, Lincoln Riley, if you uh, take you know make sure you pay close attention to what's happening on the defensive side of the ball, right? Uh, maybe Josh Heupel, uh, maybe Mike Norvell at Florida State. Like I think there could be. I think that NFL programs could be looking at guys who have been largely identified as college coaches to take the reins and really sort of modernize their offenses and get the most out of especially if you bring in a, a Jaden Daniels or a Bo Nix or a uh, Caleb Williams as your quarterback like maybe you want a, a college spread guy uh, at, at, at the helm trying to get the most out of him like I, I, th- I don't know I think I think that's 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 an interesting thing to think about with, with Lincoln Riley because I think uh, he would be uh, even though even though it was a long time ago like he would be somebody who I don't know maybe a college football superpower comes calling maybe an NFL team uh, tries to uh, uh, try, tries to poach him away. Uh, let's uh, let's get back to the phones. Bill is is on the line. What's up, Bill? Hey guys. Uh, yeah, I was listening to the uh, couple of shows today leading up to yours, and you know, you hear people from time to time call in. You know, and this person heard this, and this person heard that, and you know, some people felt like Zach and uh, and. Um, Cornell got got bad deals, and and you know nobody really knows what what, what happened. You know whether it was policy or whether it was uh, just uh, time to move on. You know, as, as Coach Dunn certainly knows, business is business. Uh, whether you like uh, whether you're a, an icon there or whatever, I wish them well. I like to see Cadillac and Zach stay, but you know it wasn't it wasn't a deal. I hope that the Auburn people will stay together. Uh, you, you see a lot of the, these uh, fighting among people about you know they're displeased with Coach Freeze because they you know, they like the, these guys who are very well liked around here, but you know Fre- Coach Freeze has to do what's best for the program. None of us know what was going went, went on with those uh, res- resignations. Um, I just hope the Auburn people stay together because, like I said, business is business. I like those two guys, but uh, if something wasn't working, well, it's not working. You just have to go on to the next. Uh... And they were both they were both holdovers from the previous staff too. I mean, these are guys that Hugh Freeze. You know, it's fair to say he spent a year evaluating whether or not they were the best fit for him moving forward, which is a more than fair thing to do as a head coach when you're dealing with two guys who weren't just uh, prominent parts of the previous staff. They were also legendary players. You know, guys who had storied careers at this school, guys coaching uh, for, for their alma mater. So, so no, I, I would also hope that 
that this isn't something that that people use as proof that the Hugh Freeze experiment isn't working or or you know as as uh, as evidence you know of uh, I don't know like I, I look at this as sort of this is normal moving on <clears throat> from the first year to the second year kind of stuff and while um, you know, I, I think it like I, I agree with you. I, I wanted to see Zach and Cadillac stick around. These are guys I remember as players. Coach, you remember them as players yeah, better than I do because you were sure. you were there at practice. Yep. And and you you know you saw yep. them you saw them come to Auburn as high schoolers mm-hmm. and and leave and become the the, the men that they are uh, today. But uh, no, I, I think it's uh, it's it's at cert- I don't think it's something worth turning on a head coach about. Like it's not no, some, I, you know that that's that's not where and I would hope that's not where people are on social media about it. Oh, it's, it's a, yeah. There's a lot of that on social media, and you know, if, if I'm, I'll spare all that. But you know, you, nobody's recruited in a long time uh, like Hugh Freeze is recruiting right now. I, I'm certainly Coach Dunn knows uh, can recognize that. Uh, so the guy is setting the plate for something real good. We just got to you know get the right people in place on his staff. I'm sure he'll do that. And uh, I just hope everybody will give the man a chance. We didn't, none of us know what went on in that building leading up to the resignation. So uh, you get behind the guy, and you're like, business is business. you, you got to move on. Coach Dunn did, did he, uh, another subject. Did, did Hugh Nall ever coach again, or what's he doing now? No, sir. Uh, he is uh, living over near Albany, Georgia. Uh, he's working for a uh, trucking company. In fact, I think he's the manager Doing a lot of hunting and fishing, he uh, bought a place down in on the uh, on the near the Panhandle, uh, like a fishing camp, and uh, he's doing well. I talked to him probably once a month, but he did he not get into coaching after he left Auburn. I was surprised, I, and I know you did, but I was surprised. There was he I didn't remember make it back into it. I, I remember there was talk either while Coach Nall was here or right after the change was made. I remember there was talk of Coach Spurrier at South Carolina be, being interested in him, but it would have been a major relocation for Hugh Nall and his family yeah, he, and he a major had, decision to continue He had coaching. several opportunities, uh, and he just uh, – I think he and his wife just decided that that was the uh, path they wanted to take uh, to not go back into coaching. And uh, he's been very successful with this. Uh, I think it's they haul peanuts, of all things. <laughs> and and uh, he's hunting and fishing and doing great. I saw him uh, and spent some time with him at Terry Price's funeral this summer. But uh, I'll probably go over and see him in the next month or so. I'll, okay, tell, him, I'll tell him you said hello, Bill. Yeah, do that because I, I, uh, I remember Coach Nall when he was Buck Blue Center. Yes, sir. He was a heck of a player. He was undersized he, he, for a center, playing on the playing for the wrong team, but he did win a national championship. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. One last thing, now, Dan, you're flying out too. Please tell me you're going first class. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, you know what, I, I like to spend some time with the with the regular folks, and and you know, really, I really Dan, appreciate Dan, my you're, chance. You're to... six, you're six foot nine. How you? How do you? You sit inside. I do. I do. Ba- I bear. I barely fit. And it is true. I was. I. I just this past. Month I was flying to and from uh, Phoenix, and uh, I I felt awful for the people in the in the seats. Uh, you know the, the people in the seats next to me actually are okay because because I, I fit I fit in those. The the person directly in front of me cannot move their seat back a millimeter. Right, like that <laughs> thing is not moving, and, and and they probably think I'm kicking them the whole time. It's like no, I'm right. just I'm just, the, just those are just my legs. 
Well, if I ever win the the, the lottery, I'm gonna buy you some first class tickets to oh, somewhere. Wow. <laughs> you know, I would feel. But here's the thing: I would feel awful sitting first class with a team full of of, of student athletes back in coach, right? So I'm, what I'm gonna I'm gonna re, I'm gonna insist on a charter plane for all of us if you're gonna do that. All right, you can't can't okay. leave can't uh, leave can't leave my girls in coach. Okay, well, guys, I enjoy. Good to uh, tell, give coach. Uh, no, my best, uh, Coach Dunn. And I, I will. Thank you. Uh, bye. Yeah, I, I read a piece about Coach Nall that he's become an expert turkey hunter. Oh yeah, I believe is what it is. Like he, again, there's a there's some sort of there's like a prize. I, again, I'm gonna sound I'm gonna sound like an alien when I talk about this, but there is a prize. I think there's like six, either five or six kinds of turkey. And if you've killed all of them in the wild, you have some special designation. Okay. And I think he's got that. I read that about okay. his, his prowess. I did not know that. So he's, you know, whatever, whatever it is, I believe he's, uh, he's... Well, he's a competitor, so if that's out there, he's going to sure try to get the it. triple crown. Yeah, of tri- turkey. Triple crown of turkey hunting yeah. or whatever Yeah, and I'm sure is. he's probably killed some wild turkey, too. So. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure about it. That's, that's uh, I, 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 I copy that. Right. 334-321-1390. Is the number to dial. Appreciate the phone call, Bill. Tell you what, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Want to mention before we take a break? 334 321 1390. uh, That is the drive hotline presented by our friends at Skybar. Skybar getting the name check during the ESPN broadcast of the Auburn Texas A&M game in the second half. Jay Williams and the uh, and the play-by-play guy uh, talked about, you know, keeping the party going in, in the in the, from the student section uh, into Skybar uh, later. So yeah, here uh, here in ESPN folks talk about our pals uh, there at uh, at Skybar. Then uh, you can uh, you can text the show on the drive text box 334-564-1840. That's presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast available however you listen to podcast, go to your favorite podcasting platform, or search for the drive uh, with Bill Cameron uh, on, on your favorite podcast platform, or go to ESPNAU.com and uh, use the podcast center. Uh, we'll be back with more. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Drive. Experience and online at ESPNAU.com to be a part of the Drive. Call three three four three two one one three nine zero. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. Friday edition of The Drive. Dan Peck in the studio. Coach Don Dunn hanging out with us. Shout out to uh, uh, the the, uh, the the back of uh, the back of countries the uh, the expansion going on. What, what was it you were telling me that the thing the new new building's coming? Yes, uh, gonna have a brand new building. Uh, hopefully within the next eight months. Uh, they've already started uh, tearing uh, all the trees and clearing out the land behind. They had to put in a retention pond. That's law, I guess. And it's gonna be ne- right next to the uh, to the old countries. We will not shut down. We'll we'll wait till we get the new countries open. And then they'll tear the old one down. So we're excited about it. Outstanding. You check check that progress out on on Opelika Road, right mm-hmm. by the uh, right right by the radio station. We had uh, what well, we had we had uh, we had we had Tud talk earlier this week with Andy Burcham in the house because they were doing the uh, they're, they're doing Tiger uh, they're, they're doing Tiger talk at Baumhauer's and uh, and and of course the notorious TUD used to used to yes. call used to call our show all the <laughs> yeah, time. So yes. uh, yeah, it's very very cool to shout out some of these. Uh, uh, some, some of these local business, some of, right. the, some of these uh, Auburn institutions, right, landmarks uh, that, that, that we have uh, that we have here in town to be uh, to be treasured. Uh, you know, speaking of landmarks, speaking of treasures, Nick Saban out in uh, in Tuscaloosa. The Kalen DeBoer era is beginning. We talked about it at the beginning of the show, but a 
a shocking uh, turn of events, I think, as far as, you know, if you think about where we were on Monday, right? Like, if you, you know, back when, I mean, there was a national championship game on Monday. Mm-hmm. That feels like it was months ago. Yeah. Michigan, 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 Washington does not feel like it was at the beginning of this week because we because when that when that game was being played, uh, Kalen DeBoer was on the sideline coaching for a championship, and Nick Saban was still the head coach in Alabama. And so much has happened. Nick Saban stepping down uh, at the meeting on on Wednesday. Uh, that news breaking, uh, you know, d- during during the show about forty eight hours ago, and then now we know that that Alabama after. Uh, uh, expressing or kicking the tires on Dan Lanning and uh, maybe Steve Sarkeesian, maybe Mike Norvell at, at Florida State. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be Kalen DeBoer, the uh, coach who just finished his second year at Washington, spent two years at Fresno State as well, uh, largely an outsider to the Southeast. Uh, depending on your view of the Pac-12, you could say largely an outsider to major conference college football. He was... Uh, he was uh, Indiana's offensive coordinator for a season, uh, but I, you know, we, we made the comparison, uh, and the trajectory is a little bit like Urban Meyer going Bowling Green to Utah, having that great season at Utah, and then and then jumping in uh, and and turning uh, and and t- taking Florida in, in a new direction nearly twenty years ago. That's the closest thing. Although some people would also point to Brian Harson coming in as an outsider and uh, and and that that having a decidedly different results. Right. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And uh, I've heard nothing but good things about this guy. So, you know, if you can coach, you can coach. And he's coached at every level, which I like, you know, every level of college pretty how, much. How important is it? I think it's very important. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, how yeah. important is it for a guy coming in who doesn't have name recognition with high school players in Alabama and Georgia and Florida, the way that a more like thinking about like if a former Bama assistant right. had gotten this job, right? Uh, now you have now you have Kalen DeBoer. How important is it for him to start building those relationships? Well, he he needs to start that tomorrow or maybe tonight. I guarantee you, he's been in touch with a young man that we're all waiting to see what happens on the ninth, and that better be his number one priority to get him back on 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 the commitment list or whatever that means. But, yeah, it's very important, Dan. Uh, he's going to have to get out uh, immediately, uh, meet as many people as he can, first in the state of Alabama, then the surrounding states of Georgia, Mississippi, Arkansas, Tennessee. He's got to – Tell you, the, hit, other, the other thing he's got to do, his own – well, his people. own roster his yeah. own roster has yeah. the transfer portal open. Yes. And keep in mind that because of the coaching change in Washington – that transfer portal right. is now open, and any right. player from the University of Washington that Kalen DeBoer would like to bring with him to Alabama, yeah. that option is now open if they decide to that, go to the That's a great portal. point. I did not even think of that. But, yeah, I know he's got to recruit his own kids in Alabama. I would imagine he's he's probably in Tuscaloosa on the way. I cannot see him not being there by tomorrow, having a team meeting immediately, trying to sit down with each kid. It's going to be a whirlwind. Plus, have visits maybe this weekend. I don't know what's going on. And also remember, Jim Harbaugh could take an NFL job at any moment, and then the transfer portal opens up to every player at at, at, at Michigan as well. You know, wow. It continues to be open. There was already open for a yeah, couple of days. Yeah, the championship it's game. completely you, crazy. You, the roster turnover we could see from these couple of moves, Nick Saban's retirement, Kalen DeBoer jumping to Alabama, and, and Jim Harbaugh uh, possibly going back to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that, that could shake things up. Even more. We've got a uh, who, who's right. hanging on. Is that Brad on the line? All right, Brad, what's up? 
Oh, not much, guys. Uh, good to hear you on the radio, Coach Dustin. Uh, loving hearing you. I'm thank, there with thank Bill you. when uh, Dan's I'm, doing basketball work. <laughs> thank you. You've always been one of my favorite Auburn coaches. Well, I appreciate that. I had you fooled, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I don't think you had me fooled. But, hey, Dan, I'm going to help you out on uh, what Coach Hugh has. He has a grand slam. Oh. Oh, is it? Is it four? Okay, excellent, excellent. It's four. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Eastern Rio Grande, Osceola, and Miriam. And the Osceola can only be found in your home state. Wow. Florida. Oh, okay. Excellent. So it's I knew I knew there was I didn't have the number I didn't have the number right, but I knew there was some there was a, there was a turkey achievement that 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 Hugh Nall uh, had had achieved, and I'd also heard about the uh, the, the the success he'd had managing mm-hmm. uh, uh, shipping and and trade. Right. I did not know the peanut. Yeah, uh, I think d- he, d- the peanut. It, I think that's their main deal. But that would that would make sense yeah. Uh, yeah. with the Alabama Georgia yeah. border and and some of the places, especially south of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, a Grand Slam very hard to do. Wow, you just a lot of travel involved, and mm-hmm. but yeah, not not very easy because if you're from here, you're not going to know how to hunt as well in the west and stuff. I know right. he's made several trips out west, uh, bird hunting and uh, turkey hunting, yeah. and he's big time and he's good at it. So, yeah, that's, that's what I love is bird. I love bird hunting and Auburn football. So, uh, uh, yeah, you, glad, glad, <laughs> you, you keep coming back to the drive now, and you, you make him get some shirts made. The defensive <laughs> line coach of the drive. Okay, it had to be five X. So, <laughs> but uh, I appreciate that. I'm glad they let me come and hang out with them. All right, y'all have a good weekend, guys. Absolutely, yeah. Appreciate it, Brad. Great stuff, and uh, that, yeah, thank you. You know, that's one where I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to be corrected about anything. I've never, you know, what? Never stop learning, right? Like you always exactly. want to. I mean, the moment you start, the moment you close off that, you know, your your desire in, in, in learning new things, it's it's a it's a dark day. So <laughs> so I'm I'm happy to learn more, and I I don't know if I'm gonna forget. Grand Slam of of Turkey Hunt, and I will certainly next Thanksgiving think think of the the Grand Slam thing and, uh, and for and, sure and, and pass that along to people and and all the best, all the best to Hugh Knoll, who was yep. no, nothing but nice to me, great uh, guy in, in my time uh, uh, when I used to when I used to wander around the practice field, mm-hmm. and try to stay out of trouble during those uh, during during some of those drills. Uh, three 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 four three two one thirteen ninety, the number to dial. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to be back with more as we uh, as we wrap up. One of the busier weeks, especially considering there wasn't an Auburn football game uh, or an Auburn football head coaching change, one, one of the busier weeks news-wise you're going to have uh, here in college football. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it as we, as we keep going. This is the Friday edition of The Drive. On ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back. The Friday edition of The Drive, Dan Peck. And Coach Don Dunn in the studio. Bill Cameron on vacation, enjoying his well-deserved uh, vacation as he'll be uh, he'll be on the cruise uh, this week. I don't know exactly where. I know they're they're leaving from Florida. I I think Mexico. I think it's I think it's uh, in the, in that in that range. Maybe maybe they're headed in the other direction. I don't I don't know that for sure. I know there's music, live music on the on the cruise. Bill's very excited about uh, about how much of that he'll get to uh, he'll get to take in and. Uh, you know, some, some time in the uh, some time near the equator 
as well, which is uh, which which is always and Bill's. You know, Bill's originally from Brazil, and then you know spent a lot of time in uh, in in Northwest Florida and South Alabama growing up. So I'm sure he's going to appreciate some some warmer climate and not and and he picked he picked the right week. Yeah, it's going to be it, seventeen. It, yeah, it's going to be in the teens and twenties a lot next week, and Bill Cameron will be. Uh, hula dancing uh, while uh, while that's all while that's all going on. So uh, so all the best to Bill uh, on his uh, on his vacation. And again, big thanks to uh, to Coach Don Dunn for uh, for, for for lending us uh, some of his time on these afternoons and his expertise as well. I uh, I'm I you know I, I I love I love hearing some of these stories. I got to be around for some of these stories. Mm-hmm. I referenced uh, uh, Paul Rhodes riding the bicycle. Yeah, uh, to, to somebody, practice to somebody yeah. just the uh, just the other day, and uh, another, another guy I really a guy I really like. Just thought yeah. about him. You know, I and and I, a memory I have of Paul Rhodes that that I wasn't around for, but if you if you've never seen the speech Paul Rhodes gave after Iowa State beat Nebraska, right? Where, where, Texas. Where, I think it was Nebraska. I think it was or one I, of them. I, I think they beat. I think they beat Nebraska for the, maybe the first time ever when they were both in the Big yeah. Twelve. Yeah, that was short, a great, short great lock in the locker room. He gives it's a speech about yeah about how you know this the, there was a school that some people didn't want to coach at, and right. if you you know if if you if you didn't you know if you felt like people didn't want to be your coach, you know I'm proud <laughs> to be your coach. Right. Oh, he gives this incredible speech, yes. you know, this incredible victory speech. It'll give you chills. He's at Boston College now, and he's secondary coach. He's he's, he's a good, he's a good guy. Great he's, guy. He's a good coach. He but, spent uh, last New Year's Eve with us. Here in Auburn, he was down at Gulf Shores. Is that right? For a year, uh, and they bought a condo and a boat, and then the, all of a sudden they go to Boston College, but they kept their place, and I think that's where they're going to retire. One, wonderful, well, yeah, yeah, just a good big, guy, big big fan of uh, big big fan of Paul Rhodes. Uh, he and I worked together at Pacific way back in the wow, day. Wow, Uni- yeah. University of the Pacific. Yeah, at Stockton, California. Yeah, got a, got a letter uh, got a, got a letter from them uh, when I was uh, when I was in high school for right. uh, for, for speech and debate and thought yeah. about, thought about it yeah. that Pri- private school Pricey. great school. Pricey as a student, but I mean very it's... expensive. Uh, a neat old, old buildings, very nice, small, but you know financially we just couldn't make it, and uh, finally they canceled football. Damon. But some great uh, Pete Carroll coach there. Yes, he did. Uh, Walt Harris. Uh, you wouldn't believe the coaching tree from Pacific. Damon Damon Stoudemire, now coaching at Georgia Tech, was very recently the men's basketball coach yes. there at, at Pacific yeah. uh, as as well. I mean, it's, right. like, it's a place right. that can produce. Uh, you know, they've. they've but they've if you look up the football team. coaches there, it's unbelievable. Uh, I, Alonzo I, Stagg, I think, even coached there. I complained about this with, uh, uh, with 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 Sonny Smith. It was just the tail end of the segment there, mm-hmm. but it's it it honestly is baffling to me. And it, look, nothing against basketball players from Europe or or the rest of the world, because right. I think uh, college basketball is increasingly uh, an option. Uh, you know, coaches coaches look at uh, whether you want to look at attitudes of American athletes or the NIL and transfer portal element of college sports and say, well, maybe. Uh, may, maybe a player from Europe that hasn't uh, been experienced to all, all of this, you know, could could be a you know a better op or could fit a specific need. I, I don't know about all that stuff. It does strike me as odd that a team in Los Angeles would need to go to Spain for two players and England. You know, I don't, I don't know. And if they're doing it, they better be winning. And this then this UCLA team isn't. So uh, you know, it's and it's and that relates back to something we talked about with Kalen DeBoer, mm-hmm. which is the importance of building relationships right. locally, which is something that. Um, when coaches in the past have come over from other conferences into the SEC, uh, I mean Brian Harson a couple of years ago would be the most prominent example of like is is the like it, I asked you I asked you how important it was, but the I mean the the priority of of being able to like 
I mean, yes, the fact that you're the the fact that Kalen DeBoer is now the head coach in Alabama is going to raise his name recognition and it's going to raise his Q rating in the South, and more people know who he is now than they did a week ago. Right, but it's not the it's not as a as a name. It's not the splash that I think people thought Alabama might make, especially had they gone with a former assistant who is now winning as a head coach. And so it feels like, and I know Alabama recruits nationally more than ever before. And a couple of years ago, I think they, they only took one or two in-state recruits in their entire high school signing class. It feels like it's still there's still work to do as far as uh, DeBoer introducing himself to the most important people in recruiting in the Southeast. Right. I agree. And uh, I, I know he's a smart guy and he'll get, he'll get all the help he needs. He must get out and like you said, build relationships this, this time, you know, from now until the end of signing date or whenever the recruiting process ends, he's got to get out, shake hands, go to every high school in the state He's just got to get it done. And, and there's and the, the whirlwind of stuff that we were just right. talking about, right, where it's like you've got to re-recruit your own roster. You've got to explore players in the transfer portal who might be there for you uh, as an option elsewhere. At a place like Alabama, there's probably a lot of behind-the-scenes folks that you need to meet and introduce yourself to and remember the names yeah. of. That, yeah, that you gonna... better get those guys in your corner, too. Uh, no, it's, it's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. and, it, and, it, and it's something that – even for a guy who's been in a place like Washington and and gone to the college football playoff this year, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a new challenge right. for uh, for someone who is uh, who, who is an outsider, not just to Alabama athletics, uh, but the SEC mm-hmm. and um, outside of two years as the head coach of Washington, really major conference college football. Right, that's true. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I forgot to mention John Gruden and Hugh Jackson were on the staff at Pacific. That's right. I was going to say Gr- Gruden. Gruden like, mm. and, uh, and Charles, uh, gosh, the commentator, CBS Sports, played at Tennessee. Charles Kelly? No, no it's not Charles, Charles Kelly. That's not right. Char- Char- uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Um, I can see his face, but he was on our staff. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that Walt Harris was at Tennessee. That's how I ended up there when I GA'd at Tennessee. Charles Davis. Charles Davis yeah. is 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 all, was all, was these, are all these are all guys with the Pacific. Yeah, the, when I was there, that, yeah. is, that is amazing. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. The number to dial. Auburn hosting LSU tomorrow in men's basketball. Uh, Auburn looking to start conference play three and zero. Bruce Pearl has a very impressive looking team uh, through two games in, in league play. They were able to to hold off. Texas A&M in the second half and, and pull away at the end of that one. And then Arkansas, we were talking about with Sonny Smith in the first hour. That game wasn't close. That was like it, unbelievable. He kept waiting for Arkansas to make a run and sustain something, and instead it just got worse. It, it just got worse and worse. And, and, and by the end of that, I mean, Arkansas is a place where I've seen as rowdy and intimidating an atmosphere as you're going to find in college basketball, mm-hmm. and it was library quiet. Yeah. By the end of that game, because of the way Auburn had played, yeah. mean, the, the celebrations were coming from the Auburn bench and the corners of that arena that had Auburn supporters, you know, traveling to to Fayetteville, and there weren't very many of them. No, that's a place that doesn't they 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 travel and they protect their their home floor when when they uh, when, when they got a pretty good team. Yeah. But Auburn has gone in there and. I would just hate to see those colors if I were an Arkansas fan anytime soon. Because mm. the, I mean, the least competitive game of the season in football was was Auburn's win 
uh, up, yeah. up there. And and now what I imagine is going to be Auburn's least competitive win of, of the season in college basketball, too. I mean, both, both of them happening on the road right. at, at Arkansas. Right. I was uh, very surprised with the outcome. Not that they won, but I couldn't believe it. They just kept pounding them. And, and and the way Arkansas or the way the way Auburn we talked about it with Sonny Smith the way Auburn uh, defends and and forces they for, they seem to force low percentage shots in the half court and then go and get the defensive rebound because the possession's not over until they rebound it. and Sonny Smith talking about Auburn's uh, willingness to rebound with five players and feel like they can still get back and, and cut off the uh, uh, the transition mm-hmm. offense if they if they don't get the rebound I mean it's it's a uh, it's a tough puzzle for other teams because I don't think it's some of it's scheme, but it seems like a lot of it is based on do, do you guys want to go out there and have and, and, and outwork Auburn for 40 minutes? And when the Auburn subs come in, uh, do you want to outwork them or can your bench hang with Auburn's bench? I mean, it, it's, a, uh, it, it's a tough matchup no matter where the game is. But I think especially for guys that want to come into uh, Jordan uh, or come into Neville Arena right now. Yeah, what an atmosphere! Yeah. It's got to be one of the top in the country. I, I can't think of another place. Maybe Cameron when they're hopping, but the way that they were so smart, the way they built that arena, I think. You know, they could have did a Rupp or something like that. It's too many. Rupp's too big. I mean, even though they get twenty thousand, it's not the same atmosphere when they're down on the court like they are here. I would say my top tier of college basketball home environments right now. And if I leave somebody out, I apologize. I would think Cameron in, in a big game, big game at Cameron. Mm-hmm. I think Kansas is on the list. Yep. I think I think Lawrence is there. Uh, the Zona Zoo, maybe maybe at Arizona, mm-hmm. is, is is right yep. there, They're right on top. Auburn, um, Rupp, Rupp for a big game is still is still right there as well. Right. I mean, Carolina can bring it, mm-hmm. uh, but, but uh, Tennessee would probably want to be you know in, in that. Oh, that's a huge building though. That that building is yeah. it's, it's like it's tough to fit. Like I think I think if Auburn had built a nineteen thousand seat arena to replace Bud Walton. You would you would be able to get more. Like, you wouldn't have the instance of, of students who can't find tickets and and right. fans you know desperately looking. But you also would not have the frenzied uh, every seat full right cram. on top of yeah. You. you you wouldn't have that. Bud Walton can have that occasionally. Right. But it's it's a it's a different story. And yeah. even Bud Walton doesn't really get it all the time. Right. So no, I, I think it was a it was a wise decision to prioritize nine nine to ten thousand quality seats mm-hmm. rather than. Fifteen to sixteen thousand that may hurt the overall atmosphere of the game. It's a very, very smartly uh, designed arena. So for sure. And and speaking of uh, arenas that I, uh, I I think were uh, were designed very well and hope folks should check out uh, Troy doubleheader tomorrow Trojan Arena. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, women uh, who have won three in a row, including a game ninety to forty four <laughs> over uh, Louisiana on Wednesday night. Uh, the women host James Madison, who won the league last year. The men host Southern Miss. Who won the league last year? So two champions, two good teams from, from last year coming into Trojan Arena. Troy's men are three and zero in, or no, they're Troy's men are four and zero in in league play, and they are uh, they're playing well with Scott Cross there. So we'll see if they can. Uh, they beat App State uh, over the weekend, to a t- team who uh, yeah. team who beat Auburn up at uh, up right. at Boone uh, last month, and uh, and yeah, we'll see if Troy can keep things going as well. But uh, some quality basketball being played around the state, especially in Auburn and. Uh, uh, the, the Troy men and women are heating up as well. We're going to take a break. Uh, final segment coming up. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Friday edition of The Drive. This is Lee County Revenue.